Hello. Oh, hi. How's it going? It's going pretty eight. <laughs> I, well, I guess we haven't filmed the, or filmed, recorded a podcast in a while. Yeah, it's um, been a minute. It's been crazy, you like know. batch it. Yeah, I moved. Um, me and my brother got a house. I moved a couple towns over, or I guess one town over from where I was living. That's exciting. I know. It's been a lot, though. A lot to get used to. That makes sense. I feel like. New space. Yeah. Last night was my first night here alone. You know that. Yeah. Because I was FaceTiming you. (laughs) I was tripping. I was like, I don't know, because it's it's a five-bedroom house, two Mm -hmm. stories, and I was just like spooked. It's a big, empty house when you're here alone. Exactly, but we have a security system and all that. So, how did the night end up going? Were you able to like? It was literally fine. Yeah, I think I was just nervous about you know how every house like has its noises, Mm -hmm. you know, and I don't know this houses yet, and so I think I was nervous that I would hear something and that it would freak me out. But I ended up being fine. I just, I had Schitt's Creek playing (laughs) and then eventually Diane stepped on my laptop again. So then it just like all went off. So then I was, I was fine. Those are good distractions. Yeah. I was like, Diane, but I couldn't sleep for a while, but eventually I did and I was totally fine. Um, But yeah. I feel like I've just been so distracted getting used to, because I moved Mm-hmm. Back in with my parents for a while, as you know, which is mm-hmm. not as exciting. Um, but but I, moved still back a lot. In, I moved back in with them, started my CNA program, and I'm a busy bitch, and I'm not used to it yet. I know. You're always busy. And, it's, and you and I was telling your mom, and I think I told you, but you and Delia have, like, the same schedule. Oh, so really? I'm like, yeah, you guys are both busy at the same time. So I'm like, what do I do with myself? during the daytime on the weekdays like what am I supposed to I think you're just supposed to miss me (laughs) yeah not be able to think about anything else yeah exactly (laughs) um well so me and Carolyn were just talking about um we're downstairs and okay so here's the thing my cat I give her wet cat food so I put the first half of it in the morning um of the can in her bowl and then she eats that and then at night I and so I put the other half in the fridge and then at night I warm it up in the microwave for like 20 seconds I was so I saw you put the can in the microwave and I figured you must have like you were just doing it so naturally like yeah. you do it all the time and I was just <laughs> like I guess it's okay but aren't you not supposed to no my brother the did the same thing he no my brother's reaction was way stronger he was like Jazz what are you doing and I was like <laughs> I'm warming up her food so it's not freezing cold on her little mouth but like what do you mean <laughs> he was like you're not supposed to put metal in the microwave and I was like really like I, I like okay how am I I know you're not supposed to put tin foil in the microwave but I didn't know you're not supposed to put like metal but it'll like spark and I think could potentially like really fuck up the microwave okay well you know what I was gonna tell you is I have 
caught multiple blenders on fire. Wait, I what? Get, yeah, that's what I was going to tell you. My, I thought you I were used... going to go on to talk about, like, your carpool lane experience. Oh, okay. No, no, that's <laughs> an, okay, well, so that, basically, okay, let me talk about the, so I used to get my mom a blender every year for Christmas because I would always catch it on fire. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I, I don't think I did anything wrong. And I one time I caught the microwave on fire because I put tinfoil in it, but. I feel I, like yeah. that if. It was every blender you got, and you were always the one okay, to light okay. it on fire. There might yeah. be a sort of connection there. Yeah, okay. I see your point, Carolyn. I mean, but did you die? Like, No, I did. See, I didn't. And that was my reaction every time to my family. I would always call my dad and be like, Poppy, oh my God. And he would come running <laughs> down. And he, but he was never surprised, you know, because it would just happen. And like he was just like, okay, yeah, it's like happening again. And so I'm surprised they let you keep using blenders. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But <laughs> I don't know. I really feel like I know that it seems like it was a me problem, but I feel like it wasn't. Maybe the <laughs> blenders just don't like you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> maybe it was just something else. Um, <laughs> but I mean clearly i've had a history of just not knowing things um for example the carpooling this is my favorite thing ever i think that you should tell the story because i don't remember it (laughs) just i remember we were talking once about like being when we were new drivers when we first got our driver's licenses and you told me you would just use the carpooling at all times because you thought it was like a nice optional thing yeah, like you can get a, you can get a big fine for that. You can get a ticket if they catch you. Yeah, I, I don't know how that, that never happened to you. I know that's what I'm saying too. But I just thought that people were just like not using it when I first. And obviously, <laughs> why wouldn't they use it though? I don't know. I I just I don't know. I thought that it was just kind of like that was like the room room lane, and like people were maybe <laughs> just scared to like room room. To be fair, it is the room room lane most of the time? Yeah. And so I was just like, okay. And then one time, my mom was like, "You can't just ride in the carpool lane." And I was like, "What do you mean?" And she was like, "You can't just ride in the carpool lane. Like, there's certain times you know what. That, like, though? this is what it's for." And I was like, "Oh, okay." I honestly like because you never got ticketed or fined or anything. I love it for you. Like, Thank you, you just got places faster for a while. Yeah, I mean, I have you. You've gotten a ticket, right? Once. Me yeah. too. <laughs> I got a cell phone ticket. Literally, like six months into me driving I was in Novato which Mm -hmm. is if you're not from here and you're listening it's a little down south it's like a few towns down and um I didn't know where I was because I don't fucking hang out in Novato all the time who goes to Novato (laughs) yeah who goes to Novato no and so I was dry I was at a stoplight in downtown Novato and I Mm -hmm. swear to god there were like at least 15 cars in front of me, right? And where it was dead stop. Mm-hmm. And I had my phone like on my dash with the directions. And so I was just like kind of like moving it to see like where I was exactly and like how long. And but like I didn't like have my phone like out in my hand. Mm-hmm. I get what you mean. And yeah, and this motorcycle cop came up next to me. 
and like looked at me and I just showed him my phone. I like picked it up and showed it to him and I just went I like shrugged my shoulders like what? Like what you, <laughs> what like what? I don't understand. I like you showed it to him. Yeah, I was like <laughs> what? And then he just like sat there and then um I was like okay, I'm fine. And then once he started going, he pulled me over. And I was like, what the fuck? And then he pulled me over and he was like, oh, it's no big deal. Like, don't worry. Like, blah, blah, blah. And um, and, and then, then he gave me a ticket. And then you? Yeah. What the fuck? And I was like, who says that? Like, oh, it's no big deal. Uh, like, what the fuck? I have, but, I have okay. heard, though, that, like, with the, like, what's it called? Provisional license or something? Mm-hmm. I have heard like you're not supposed to have your phone even like like even if your car connected to your phone and you just like had to press one button to be on the phone with someone and just talk even mm-hmm. like that they don't allow it's crazy yeah and then they ass. made me sign something for like it was like something law it was like a guy's name like Brandon's law or something like Damn. that I doubt that that's the name but um I'm guessing it's somebody who probably died from being on their phone. Um, mm-hmm. But I will say that I don't use my phone while driving. Like, I really usually don't. I mean, mm-hmm. I try not to. Like, I really don't, though, because um, – and even before that, I didn't really do it. But now I definitely don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I'm the type of person where I'm I'm very easily scared straight. So like once it takes one time for me to get in trouble for something and I'm I, I'm done. I listen. Dude. I don't do it again. Same. I, yeah. I really after, after like that ticket and then especially after I totaled my car when I like lost control on the wet uh, road earlier this year. Like that is not funny at all. <laughs> it's kind of funny. It's I had the car funny. for less than two months and then I totaled it. It's just funny because it was like, yeah, I definitely learned after I got that ticket and then I totaled my car. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but like I drive like a grandma now. I also, I think, like very much have the fear that because I have chronic pain and like chronic migraines that Mm -hmm. one day I'll be driving with a migraine because I can't really avoid it most of the time. Mm -hmm. And I'll like go a little fast because I'm not paying enough attention or something and I'll get pulled over so whenever I don't feel good I'm like hyper aware of it too well that's good at least yeah see so you learn I think effective trauma yeah effective (laughs) well I guess that you know brings us into today's topic which is chronic pain now I personally don't have experience with chronic pain um I did have migraines when I was younger, um, but I feel like I really grew out of them. Like, I used to get them in high school a lot. I think from the lighting, honestly. That in makes schools, sense. Plus, uh, the hormonal changes are oh, yeah. not helpful. And they just gave me, like, I went to my doctors a few times because I couldn't figure I would have migraines every day. And mm-hmm. then they just gave me, like, this one medicine. I forgot what it's called, but it's basically just supposed to, like, knock you out and then just you just fall asleep and then... Um, then they gave me that other one, which is just like, I think a stronger, like Advil. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the goal was that if I was at school and I would take the one and then if that didn't help, then I would go to the office and fall asleep in there with the other medicine 
And then I would have to call somebody to drive me home and take my car home. Mm-hmm. And it was such a pain in the ass. And I would I never did it because I was like, dude, I would literally rather fucking just drive my ass home. It was always so uncomfortable to go to the nurse's office in high school, mm-hmm. especially for migraines, because like if they're nice, they'll turn the light off for you and tell you to lay down. But mm-hmm. then like other people come in or they make phone calls or like yeah. I had an experience and I was just talking about this last night. So I am very much someone who has experience with like chronic pain and chronic illness, mm-hmm. as you know. Um, and last night I was talking to my boyfriend about how I it's almost like not worth it to me to talk about it to people I don't know and trust because most people try to be really nice about it, but it's almost like emotional labor to respond to because they just they don't know me and they don't quite get it and so like in high school I remember someone like like a teacher or someone coming in when I was in the nurse's office and he was very nice and he was like oh like you should try I think it was maybe Imitrex it's like a common um migraine like acute medication I think that's what they gave me yeah um yeah not and the ones he was in like me that I should try it, and it was like, oh, I've tried like most of the like I've tried that one multiple times, and I had tried multiple other medications from the same like drug family, and none of them even made me tired. Like, just medications didn't work for me, especially when I was in high school. And so I had to just sit there and be like, yeah, like, thanks for the advice. Because, like, it's just awkward to be like, oh, I tried that and it didn't help. Because then they sit there and they're like, oh. I've done that. And so I just sort of avoid talking to people about it a lot. Yeah. um, Unless, like, I have to. (laughs) Or I just want attention that day. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, I get that. Well, I don't get that. But I see why that would be kind of stressful. You know, and and because I've seen even being with you, how many fucking people are like, oh, try this, try that. And I'm always sitting there like, did shut, like, she's already tried it. Yeah. And that's got to be fucking annoying as hell. Yeah. So, like, a little background for those who don't know me. Yeah. Take a very, very summarized story of my health is that I grew up with mysterious digestive issues from the time I was born occasionally would have to be out of school for days because of it um randomly that got better and I don't deal with that anymore but I like kind of had a history of always having something going on with my health you know Mm -hmm. and then in like fifth or sixth grade I started getting headaches um I think due to stress because I was having like really just a stressful school situation at the time, as you know, um, mm-hmm. with another student. And so I would just start getting headaches. By the time I got to middle school, the headaches turned into daily tension headaches. Um, and then in middle school, when I was like 11, I started getting occasional migraines on top of the daily tension headaches. And basically, it progressed to the point where my migraines became more and more frequent. I struggled to attend school 
all through middle school, all through when I was in high school. Um, and my sophomore year was when I got like the worst migraine. It would not go away. I went to the emergency room. They gave me multiple migraine medications and it would just like not work. And that was like right around my 15th birthday. And then grandpa died. Um, and I was out of school for like two weeks. And when I got back, I had so much like makeup work. Um, my birthday's in November and it was right around my birthday. And then when I got back to school, the semester was about to finish up. So I was trying to finish all my makeup work. And I think all the stress of it basically never let me recover from that migraine. Um, Mm. and I just like have had migraine symptoms ever since. Um, I now get Botox, so the migraines aren't as bad, but when I was 16, I started to develop pain in my limbs and brain fog that I now know, because I've been diagnosed, is fibromyalgia, which, for those who don't know what fibro is, um, for me, it affects my whole body, but my limbs, like my legs and my arms, tend to be what hurt the most. But everything hurts. My brain feels foggy. So, like, it literally just, like, doesn't work as well. Um, Especially, like, when I'm hurting more. And it makes me feel very fatigued. And so I'm basically just, like, tired and hurting from the time I wake up. Um, And, yeah, that's, that's, like, in short, my story. (laughs) I mean, I didn't realize that it was right. I mean... Uh, not that it's surprising, but I didn't realize that right after Grandpa died is when it, like, never went away. Mm-hmm. I remember picking you up with Aunt Kathy one time. Mm-hmm. I think we were, like, in middle school. Mm-hmm. Remember we went to that ice cream, like, magic store thing? Oh, my God, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember you had just um, gotten, like, a brain scan or something. And you were just like, they don't know what it is. Like, we don't know. I like talking to you about my migraine stuff in particular because you mm-hmm. remember stuff like that that I don't remember anymore. Mm-hmm. Like now that you're talking about it, like I totally remember getting that brain scan. It was when I first started seeing a doctor about my headaches because they were like mm-hmm. so bad. Um, and yeah, it was just like a normal brain scan. And I think that's been the most frustrating part of being sick for me is that everything comes back as normal, but, like, there's obviously still something wrong. And so it's just very frustrating. No, totally. I mean, I can't, like, that would drive me, you know. That, especially, I feel like we're both people who have a strong need to know. (laughs) <laughs> and so that would really I mean it even irks me like knowing that like there's we just don't know like that mm-hmm. bothers me every time and we talk about it, it pisses me off <laughs> migraines and fibromyalgia in particular are things that doctors don't tend to know much about like migraines are so common but the mechanisms behind how people get a migraine is actually like not understood yeah. um like I, for years, went to UCSF. I saw a pediatric 
um, migraine specialist from like 15 to 18 years old. Mm-hmm. And the whole time I was there, only one, no, two things I ever tried ever helped at all. Um, because it's kind of just like they throw treatments at you because it helps some people, but it's not mm-hmm. actually like a migraine treatment. Like I've tried seizure medications. I've tried antidepressants. I once tried an um, Alzheimer's medication because it was found to help some people's migraines. Like it's so confusing and random. Um, And there's only one kind of medication and it's very new. And it's the only medication that was designed for migraines. And of course that didn't help me. I tried three of them. They just gave me side effects, but... Yeah, it's crazy to me. It's just like, it's hard when doctors don't even know what the fuck they're doing. That is so annoying. It really is just annoying. Like, it's just annoying, you know? Yeah. I mean, and what I think is interesting, too, is, I mean, obviously, I don't think anybody suffers to your degree, but it's really interesting how a lot of the people in our family suffer from migraines. Oh, yeah. Like, think about how many of our family members have been hospitalized for migraines. Mm-hmm and stuff and uh, and they tend to have the same general onset it sounds like mm -hmm. of like like the aura or i mean like when they start getting migraines Uh, like i know a lot of family members have talked to me about getting migraines as children but a lot of people who struggled at one point with like more regular chronic migraine um Mm -hmm. they told me that it started around puberty puberty and then kind of faded out and by the time they're in like their 40s um people don't usually get migraines in our family I used to get them really young like I remember specifically one time I was in third grade Mm -hmm. and I had the worst migraine like of my life I mean I say that like every time I get a bad migraine probably I'd say once a month. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, and it's usually like right around my period, but mm-hmm. other than that, I usually I'll just get headaches. Um, but when I that day, I remember I told my teacher, I was like, I have a really bad migraine. Like I need to go to the office. Like I don't feel good. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you're too young to have headaches. Like you're really, yeah. And then she wouldn't let me go home. And so I was literally, I was just trying to suck it up. And the moment my mom picked me up, I was like sobbing, crying. Oh, God. My head hurt so bad. Like my head hurt so bad. And then she was like, um, she was so mad. And she like oh, called the school. Like, dude, my kid has headaches. Like, you can't do that to her. Like, she needs to take Advil when that happens. It's really like, awful how many people will literally just say to someone's face like oh you're not really hurting and it's like how the fuck do you know yeah first of all and how damaging is that to say to a child yeah who's already distressed because you were in pain exactly and migraines are scary they're distressing they're not just like painful they're scary yeah that was the same teacher who got mad at me for finishing my book report early (laughs) she like literally got mad at me what the fuck anyway sounds like a hurt problem um you lady 
um I actually looked her up on Facebook the other day because I was so butthurt. I was just talking about that story and I was like one time she told my mom um you can't let Jasmine wear low-rise jeans to school my mom was like they don't make low-rise jeans for children like what are you talking about you fucking weirdo but um some teachers yeah I don't know why they think they have the right I don't know why people who very obviously don't like kids become teachers dude right like what is you speaking of teachers Uh i think so i have different theories on like why i am as sick as i am because like Mm -hmm. a lot of people in our family get migraines but i get like constant migraine symptoms yeah like that's unusual um And when I went to a specialist, and she was, like, I'm so lucky to have seen her. She would see patients from other states. Like, she was the shit. Patients Mm -hmm. would fly from other places to be able to come get an appointment with her. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm very lucky to have seen her. And she told me maybe it's, like, whatever genetics for your migraines that -hmm. you have in your family, like, you just have something that's like a particularly bad version of it Mm -hmm. um but I also think that my childhood trauma was a major source of what kind of added fuel to the fire Mm -hmm. and then the number one thing that I think had a huge effect on making me sicker and sicker and sicker was the school system and Mm -hmm. teachers um I like I really hate when people have told me or talked behind my back about me saying that my pain is completely like in my head somatic kind of symptoms because I'm sure a lot of it or at least some of it is kind of somatic but I think a lot of it is also real um yeah (laughs) and That being said, I hate when people talk about it like that, but I do think, like, the stress that I was going through did nothing good for my body and just, like, sent my pain through the roof. Because I had teachers, like, when I was in seventh grade, I was 11, my friend who was in a class with me came up to me a day after I was out of class, which was very typical for me to miss school um, because I was hurting and depressed as fuck about it and she came up to me and she was like it was so funny yesterday because mrs whatever this teacher's name was the teacher was taking role and she got to your name and called it out and saw you weren't here and said something like sounds about right and like moved on see i oh my god and she never it's not like this teacher ever reached out to me to make sure i'm okay yeah she never like, said, like, hey, is there anything I could do to help make it any more possible for you to come to school? And it's, like, hearing that she talked about me like that and was, like, oh, it's typical she's not here. Yeah. Like, made me feel just, like, so unimportant. And that made me want to go to school even less. It made me more stressed out and it made me hurt a lot more. And it wasn't the only time a teacher talked about me or to me like that. Yeah, I mean, I, 
I totally understand that. Like, mm-hmm. people would literally Snapchat me and be like, oh, this teacher said this, or like, blah, blah, blah. Because um, I'm, I, by the time I was in fourth grade, I missed over 100 days of school um, because I didn't like school. Um, mm-hmm. Well, no, it was actually because I refused to go, to not go to chemo with my grandpa. Mm-hmm. And so I would go with him <laughs> and, and I, like, I would throw huge fits and I would be like, I'm sick. I can't go to school. And then I would just go with him to, and my mom. I mean, that's a major cool. thing too. Yeah. Like that's so but understandable it, that you would not want to go to school. Yeah. But <laughs> when I was older in high school, right, I struggled with the mental shit. <laughs> the mental. The mental. And I li- I literally wouldn't go to school. I mean, before, when, like, it was a known thing that mm-hmm. I wish, like, even my friends, oh, are you going to school to get today? That was, that was literally, like, the question every day. Are you going to uh-huh. get to school today? Blah, 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 you know. And then by the time I was, um, what, when we were juniors or sophomores, mm-hmm. I just didn't go to school. I was like, nope, um, it's going to be a no for me. Thank you. Have a nice day. I remember that time. Yeah. And um, before we tested out, but mm-hmm. um, it was that kind of teachers were not very understanding. I remember my oh, psych God. teacher, of course, she was the sweetest ever. And she was like, no, you know, like this is what we study in this class is mental health and you know, you're sick and people should view it as a real sickness, you know, just yeah. can't see it. Um, but then I had other teachers who literally did not give a fuck. Like, okay, well, you, you need to pull through. Like, I'm sorry, but I can't t- treat you different. You know, you need to, you know, and, I, and it, to some degree, I was like, okay, I get it. But it was the, oh, look who's here. Oh, look who made it today. You know, like oh, those that. comments. Are... And, and then that would make me avoid school more. Yeah. And it's like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, you know, it's it's not like it's helping. I mean, I had a super big, um, I don't, I wouldn't say that I have a problem with authority because I, because I, 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 I don't think I do. I think it's just... When I think I you still people, expect respect. Yeah. When I see people in positions of power, though, like teachers, police officers, that sort of thing, and they are disrespectful to, like, kids or, you know, civilians, whatever, mm-hmm. it it triggers me. It Like, it's for some reason, it pisses me off. And so I was, like, famous in high school for getting in like huge blowouts with teachers like I would like if I saw a teacher being mean to like the quiet kid or something mm-hmm. like that like I, I would call them out for the whole class I'd be like why are you doing that what Good what for other you. point for is, is other than to embarrass them you know it's like, funny because this nice. is like one of those things where you know like how we talk about getting along so well and being very similar but also mm-hmm. so opposite mm-hmm. I I, I hated school but I, like, literally, like, I had so much trauma from teachers, like, mm-hmm. literally, like, gaslighting me and just, mm-hmm. like, being really shitty when I was young. Um, and then, like, with the whole chronic illness thing and missing school, I had so much trauma and, like, unresolved feelings with teachers mm-hmm. that if I had to, like, go to my counselor at school to ask for them to, I don't know, like switch the class I was in 
I would not be able to do it because the second I saw them, I would be about to cry. Like, I could yeah. not talk to people. I did math teacher one time asked me if I was stupid because I answered <sighs> wrong. Yeah. What the fuck? I'll never forget. His name's Mr. Mokete. Um, if anybody's listening, um, you know, Casa Grande High School. Um, for legal purposes, this is a joke. But from what I remember, hypothetically, that was his. Hypothetically, name. he literally, no, not literally. He hypothetically <laughs> asked me if I was stupid because I got a math problem wrong in front of the whole class. Literally, people don't understand like their impact on other people, and it confuses yeah. me. Like. How no, are you so, so dumb? rude? Like in that, oh my god! I had this one teacher who I, um, I like kind of freaked out on her because she was my biology teacher, and she she was a shitty teacher. I mean, just to like put it nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, this is my opinion, but she had to curve all of her test scores every year because. <laughs> She, none of her kids would like you know be successful in her class mm-hmm. um and you know I didn't really give a shit about the school I was whatever you know mm-hmm. but we were taking this test and the whole test all everybody had their hands up and she would have to go and everybody's like this wasn't like we never studied this like blah blah, blah. like and you could hear everybody. And then I would see, like, kind of, like, the smart kids. Like, the kids who really cared were panicking. Like, crying. <laughs> and I – and for me, I didn't I, – I fucking didn't care. But I was so upset that they were upset that I was mm-hmm. just like, this is fucked up. And then after the test, she goes in front of the class and she collects everybody's papers and she goes – you know, you guys not knowing what's going on is not my problem. What? <laughs> just need to start doing your work. Otherwise, you would know. Like, it's not my problem that you think that this wasn't on the material the material that you studied. Like, if it wasn't, then why didn't you go find it? Like, just like what that. And I, I literally lost my shit. And I was like, you're a shitty teacher. And I was like, look at all these kids struggling. If we're all struggling at once, that's a you problem. And I literally, Honestly. I was like, you think drawing some fucking circles on the board is going to, is going to teach us my <laughs> And then she was like, the whole time she was like, come talk to me outside, Jasmine, come outside, go outside. And I was like, no. And I, and I sent myself to in-house poten- suspension. <laughs> and then she started running after me in the hallway. And I was like, I'm literally just putting myself where you're going to send me anyway. And it's like, well, I, and I told her, I was like, and literally in front of the whole class, I was like, do we want to escalate the situation or de-escalate the situation? Like, you're all up in your feelings. You're a grown-ass woman. Like, leave me alone. I'm just going to send myself there. And Adults then, are stupid. No, yeah. And so <laughs> I would get into little things like that with teachers all the time because, like, I would see them, you know, doing something like that or, like, embarrassing a kid in the class. And I would, I would literally just be like, why, why did you do that? In front of the whole class, I would be like, why did you do that? What was mm-hmm. the point other than to embarrass them in front of their peers? Mm-hmm. And they would always be shocked. Like, oh, somebody has the balls to talk to me or like somebody, you know. I, and I think a huge it. part of it is because I will say this time and time again. When kids see something, if it's like the first time they're seeing it, like, you know, their early school experiences, they're going to think that's normal. Mm-hmm. So if kids are treated like 
less than from a young age, which like was very much my experience and a lot of other people's experiences. If kids are treated like less than like worthy by teachers, then they're just going to accept it and not be able to speak up about it, which leads to situations like that where teachers are so shocked when someone actually is like, no, that's not normal. Yeah. I, damn, I had, no, I had a really hard time in school, honestly. Like, I I really, if I ever accidentally have kids one day, <laughs> accidentally, I'm homeschooling them. Like, I will never let another person be in charge of my kids all day because mm-hmm. they really have the power to ruin your fucking kids. In elementary school, I went to, like, an all-white rich kid school. Mm-hmm. And I was treated like total garbage. They like total garbage. Like the teachers would tell the other parents not to let their kids hang out with me. What uh, the fuck? For no reason at all. Yeah, that was Miss Knight, um, Snow Mountain. Just to let you know, um, hypothetically. Um, no, yeah, the parents hated me, treated me like shit. That is so strange. And yeah, and then they would the teachers would, like try to talk to me in Spanish and stuff. And I would be like, dude, my fucking mom's white. And then the moment they saw my white mom, they would be totally nice to me. Jesus. Like, they'd be like, oh, do you, they, like, when they hand out the things for, like, low-income um, lunch, they, they would always hand it to me, like, for no reason. And really? I'd, yeah. I would be like, um, my daddy works at the sheriff's department. Like, leave me what alone. fuck? But it was, yeah, they treated me totally different after they met my white mom and found out that my dad worked for the sheriff's. Like, it, it was so annoying. Um, that's awesome. way. Every day, I, I'm grateful that like we were able to take that test. Oh, <laughs> thank God, dude! I I wouldn't have graduated. I when I left high school, I literally had like a 1.6 GPA. I would have been like a super senior. Like it would have taken me <laughs> years to fucking complete everything because I was too so sick. Literally. And here's the interesting thing. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people, if they're normal, like by normal, I mean like typical, average kind of person, Mm -hmm. they won't realize how much like the school system and especially high school is designed for one specific kind of student. Like if you have Uh, anything going on, it is so hard to make it through school and it's not even necessary Because so we took that test that let us like graduate early and I immediately moved on to junior, like the junior college and started taking college classes, which, you know, you would think that would be harder for me to manage as a very sick teenager. But the second I was out of high school, I was able to start creating a schedule and creating a life that worked for me and let me get where I wanted to go without suffering and literally wanting to kill myself every day like it was awful Mm -hmm. I I just I wish that I don't know I think that they try but at the same time they're not doing enough I don't think and sometimes it's like a situational thing where it's like for me I didn't know I had OCD and nobody Mm -hmm. else knew but I guarantee if they did, I would probably have graduated high school because mm-hmm. I would have known, you know, what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 
But then there were other times where I tried to like get the help I needed and they just kind of fucked off. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but, you know, kind of going into that and how people don't really understand something when they don't see it, right? Like your chronic pain. Mm-hmm. So I think now would be a good time to kind of talk about the spoon theory, because I think that really kind of was evident to your school experience like you know really just my whole life well yeah that yeah yeah, I was kind of thinking that but you know especially in school where it's Mm -hmm. like you said it's it's designed for one specific type of kid Mm -hmm. um yeah a lot of things are really like even now on the outside a lot of people who've known me since I was a kid they think I'm better now and it's funny because I think I'm actually worse oh um but I'm ban I'm better at managing it but like that kind of goes into this whole idea of the spoon theory mm-hmm. so in short the spoon theory was created by a lady named let me see it's written down somewhere her name is Christine Miserandino and she has lupus and she created this thing called the spoon theory to describe what it's like to live with a chronic illness not like what the symptoms are or what medications should that you have to take but literally just like how being sick affects of your day and it's a really good read for anyone who wants to look up this moon theory but in short she was at a diner with her friend and grabbed a bunch of spoons to explain how healthy people have unlimited or like practically unlimited energy to get throughout their day like they can make it until the end of the day when they want to go to sleep because they're getting sleepy and do the things they want to do but when you're sick you have a limited amount of energy and she used these spoons as the unit of energy um and she asked her friend to describe her day And all the actions took away spoons. Like, they used some of the limited energy. And so she, her friend kind of had to, like, carefully choose what activity she wanted to do. Because, you know, she started, like, oh, I get out of bed. And her, um, Christine stopped her friend and was like, oh, that takes a spoon. So now you only have 11 spoons left. You have 11 units of energy. And then her friend said, okay, well, then I take a shower in the morning. And that might take three spoons for someone. Showers are really tiring when you're sick. And so by the end of it, it was dinner time. And her friend had to decide what to do for dinner. And Christine told her friend, well, if you were like me, you only have one spoon left now. You can cook dinner, but you won't be able to do any dishes. You won't be able to, like, clean it up. Or you can try to go out for dinner, but you might not have the energy to drive back home. And so her friend ended up, like, hypothetically, I think, choosing to eat, like, canned soup. (laughs) Um, But it's a really good metaphor for how much a chronically ill person has to, like, micromanage their activities of the day yeah and um a lot of people with chronic illness myself included um or chronic pain we wake up tired 
like I wake up exhausted every morning and you never know how many spoons or how much energy you'll have in a day until you wake up. Um, And one thing for my treatments, for my illnesses, um, is that it doesn't make me completely better, but I need things that try to like stabilize me so I know how many spoons I'll have in a day. Um, Because it used to be that I never knew what my migraine would be like. And so I would wake up in some days I'd be able to do way less than other days. Mm. And now I get Botox, which is the shit, because it lets me basically have like the same amount of energy every day, which is great. Mm -hmm. But I still like I have to like lay down at the end of my day because like I can't go straight into cooking dinner um it's just I'm so worn out by the end of doing everything mm-hmm. and it's hard because I go to school I work people see me and they see kind of a typical person and they don't see that like if there's a seat I need to sit down and I'll just like quietly sit down because my legs hurt all the time or like they don't know that when I go home I can't go straight to cooking dinner or doing homework or taking a shower I have to go lay down Mm. like I am at the end of my rope I can't do anything without resting first yeah and it's something that I don't even think about super consciously Mm -hmm. but then every once in a while something will happen where I'm like god damn like Most people can just do things. And it's really frustrating because I'm, like, barely a young adult. Yeah, I was going (laughs) to say, like, that. And, I mean, obviously, to some degree, um, you know, we talk every day. So I generally know what's going on with you. And we've talked about this, but it's got to be so hard knowing that you should be like in the prime of your life and you are you know I mean I ain't saying you're looking bad or anything but (laughs) you know it's it's got to be frustrating and there's got to be a little bit of you know uh, sadness and you know older people love to make comments to me like oh you're young and healthier and you're prime and I'm like bitch I probably am hurting more than you right now yeah oh my god that would Um, bother this shit that's another example of like someone trying to be nice Mm -hmm. but like it's so hard to understand chronic pain if you don't have it um and I don't think it's like a morally bad thing for people to not understand something they don't deal with yeah but considering how many people have invisible disabilities mm-hmm. um I think it makes it all the more important for able-bodied people able-minded people mm-hmm. to learn about what it's like to live with mental illness or with a physical illness or with both if like your life right. is really spicy like that you know just God. it's And that's part of why I wanted to talk about it in this podcast was in part because I know a lot of people listening don't have the same kind of experience as me. And I feel really happy for them. And at the same time, 
the world would be a lot easier for everyone involved if we kind of all understood each other. Oh, yeah. And then also just the side of, like, I think, honestly, the biggest motivator for talking about it for me is that I convinced myself I was crazy when I was younger. I literally was like, I must be, like, manifesting this pain somehow. Mm -hmm. Like, if I wanted to be able to do things, I would be able to do it. And it was totally that other people put those voices into my head until, like, I believed it myself. But And, like, I probably made it worse for you because then you've become even more hyper-aware of Mm -hmm. the pain feeling where you're feeling it that sort of thing mm-hmm. and I honestly I it's even and it's weird to compare it to this but how you said you feel like you're crazy that sort of thing it's even the same thing when um because I have a friend who went through this it, it when you know something bad happens and somebody does something to you and then you start blaming yourself mm-hmm. it's really because you're actually just smart and you're find, you're trying to find a logical reason for why this is happening, you know, mm-hmm. because the you having this pain and the migraines and stuff, it it's not logical for you to just have it and it to mm-hmm. just be a thing. That's not logical, you know. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it makes a lot of sense that you would kind of go into that mindset, and it's sad, but. It does make a lot of sense to me, at least. Um, but mm-hmm. I want to ask you um, before yes. you know, time turns <laughs> out, what, you know, are good do's and don'ts to people who don't have chronic illness? Um, like, in terms of like, I, I know, you know, people shouldn't, I mean, I feel like I have a pretty good understanding because, mm-hmm. you know. I'm a vet now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a supporting vet. Um, oh yes. But obviously, I, I the one thing I could say is if you know somebody with chronic illness, don't. Oh my fucking god! One, don't pressure them um, to do something just because you want to do it. You know, because you have no idea mm-hmm. how much pain they can be in. Um, and no matter how disappointed you are, um, but the main thing, I, you know, it pisses me off when I see people suggesting things to you that I know you've like when we're at family stuff and I and people are like oh like have you tried this or like maybe it's that like that pisses <laughs> me off on behalf of you um if what someone some- if someone needs that they will ask you for advice exactly um but what are like some good do's and don'ts for people you know when mm-hmm. when trying to support a friend loved one whatever with um yeah. chronic pain i would say Reading the spoon theory, I think, is really helpful. Like, Mm -hmm. if you have a loved one who you think might relate to the spoon theory, um, like, send it to them. And if they do relate to it, like, read it. Mm -hmm. I know that the first time I found it, I told my mom about it. And I read, like, the full story to her. And I looked over and she was, like, full on crying because she saw me every day. She took me to all my doctor's appointments when I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. But it's hard to really conceptualize what it's like to hurt so much and feel so tired every day. Mm -hmm. Um, I think also 
understand that friends might not always be able to come out. Like, maybe they'll be like, I'm sorry, I'm just, like, too tired. I'm hurting too much. But please don't stop inviting us. Because, like, I still love hanging out with people. Every once in a while, I have a day where it's just like, eh. But, like, don't assume that I can't come out. Mm Because that feels isolating. Um, Which, luckily, hasn't happened to me a whole lot. But I've heard of that happening for other people. Mm -hmm. Um, Probably just, like, ask them like their do's and don'ts is a big one because everyone's different um but I don't know it doesn't hurt to try to like learn about their experience and let them like have that space to talk about it if they want to or if they need to I know that I'm very much someone I love when people complain to me like I think sometimes it's really cathartic and it feels really good to complain. And that's not to say, like, oh, like, you should just never try to deal with your problems yourself. But, like, you know that sometimes I just need to text someone and be like, this fucking sucks. Like, I do not feel good. Yeah. And I just need, like, you or whoever I'm talking to to be like, that does fucking suck. I'm sorry that you don't feel good. That's understandable. And it's like, that's a great interaction for me. It makes me feel a little bit better. I think all my friends are literally like, ew, fuck that. <laughs> I'm it's like, so real. Damn. Yeah. Um, I- and then also, sorry, one last thing. <laughs> this was something that I wish could have been done for me when I was younger. Mm-hmm. But I wish someone would have said to me, I don't think you're crazy. And I don't think that like you missing school and stuff. Or just, like, avoiding doing things. I don't think that's because you have, like, a mental illness. But it's really important for chronically ill, like, teenagers especially to see someone about um, managing that and, like, managing the emotions. Oh, yeah. Like, I really regret that I never told anyone I was struggling mentally And I didn't tell anyone because I was scared that they would invalidate my physical pain because of my mental pain. Mm -hmm. And it made my pain worse. Yeah, I mean, I, I even remember, like, being younger and... I still remember sitting in your room and having that conversation. And you're like, I feel like nobody believes me. Mm But, you know, I can't imagine being that young. And dealing with such severe pain and at the same time feeling like nobody believes you. Like, that's got to do a fucking number on you. You know? Being an adult is lovely. Being an adult who's gone to therapy is a lovely thing. I bet. I like doing that. Yeah. And do you think that, is there anything that in therapy they vote? She, um, you know, that might be unique to somebody with chronic pain? Um, there, so there's different, like, forms of therapy, you know, and one mm-hmm. is cognitive behavioral therapy, yeah. um, which I honestly haven't done a whole lot of, but I am actually wanting to go to a cognitive behavioral therapist. Be you have t- to find one who, like, specifically has experience with chronic illness and chronic pain, mm-hmm. but, um, CBT 
it can be a, like a really fantastic resource for pain. Yeah. I think that idea. Oh, therapy, man. <sighs> Guys, so much effort. I'm going back to therapy. I'm so excited for you. Oh my god, me too. I, I'm finally going to get a fucking OCD specialist. I've gone my whole life having OCD without an OCD specialist. And you've and tried with, to see one. No, I know. So and dealing with so many dumbass therapists who don't know how to deal with OCD is mm-hmm. so annoying. God. Um, well, things you want to add? Um, Other than that, we're the baddest bitches in the game. Yeah, I was going to say, don't forget that just because I have chronic illness, it doesn't mean my ass isn't bad as fuck. Um, (laughs) And then also, just like, sorry that this is gross PDA, but like, I love and appreciate you. And I appreciate all the people that support me through my my bitch ass body hurting. I love you. I I mean, it's, I feel like we have such an equal given Mm-hmm. It's I appreciate like, it. I know I can. Um, obviously, I'm not suffering nearly as much as you, so I have. I think you just talk about. We have different things going on. Yeah, like it's any more or less. Now that when I am struggling super bad, I mean, I can just be like, I'm struggling, and you're like, like I'll literally just say, I'm struggling, and you're like, <laughs> Are you okay? Can I do anything? How do- um, so it's nice to know, you know, that I have that, and I hope that you know that you always have that. And I very that. much do. Would you be okay with, you know, if anybody wanted to, you know, reach out to you to talk oh, yeah. about chronic pain? Mm-hmm. Totally. Like, if someone has migraines or physical pain or mental illness but they can really relate to kind of like the fatigue of life that I talked about I yeah I felt so alone for so long like I would be so happy to help anyone feel a little validated if I can or yeah. give you resources for more information because how that feels oh yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah well I guess you guys heard it here first that's, That's the, the whiskey. whiskey. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Bye, Delisha. Bye-bye.